welcome to a special edition of Structured Gibberish that we're kicking off our summer of X-Men today, or whatever we want to call it, I don't know. Well, we're going to figure that out. X, by the time we're done, we'll be done. X, X <laughs> summer. Our exciting summer. Exciting summer extravaganza. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. We're gonna we're 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 taking some uh, some months here to look over uh, the the very uh, popular I guess X Men movie franchise, which I think is twelve movies, one of which is currently in theaters and last I heard getting mixed reviews. So not <laughs> super surprising. This is a franchise that has been had some ups and downs. Uh, it essentially kicked off everything and. Uh, we're going to start with the uh, with the first one, which I think is a good place to start. It's probably the best place to start. So in case you're wondering, it's uh, the movies are like their first one. And then it's like sequel, sequel, prequel, prequel, sequel, sequel, sequel. Kind of. Kind of. But yeah. it's, it's sequels to the prequels. Right. 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 Anyway, so let me <laughs> let me get get your head in the space here, Pat. Get your head in my I head space. I don't wanna. <laughs> the year was nineteen ninety nine, I think. Or maybe early two thousand, but I'm pretty sure it was nineteen ninety nine. And uh Star Wars episode one, The Phantom Menace, was in theaters. This was the very beginning of watching movie trailers on the internet. Mm hmm. You know, you know um, what was interesting? One, one of my favorite things about revisiting this this movie the, is I did watch some of the trailers. The trailers are not great. But... They are not. But what, what's what's interesting is I actually think this this marks a very specific time because there were voiceover trailers for this movie, mm -hmm. but not all of them. No. You know, they, 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 cause you know, nowadays I think the, the very first one uh, was just like some sort of a uh, techno music and like words on the screen in between right. clips. Right. But they, there, there was at least one where those words were narrated by someone not in the film, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and, and I think that it's funny cause I, you know, until I realized that I don't really think I realized that there's not movie voiceover guy really anymore no well once what's his face uh died uh don lafontaine <laughs> right it was yeah there wasn't a whole lot they were just like we listen got, they just, got away just from that. give it up yeah seriously the industry was just like you know what we're just not going to do narrations anymore nobody can do it better so move along move i remember along. so here's here's how it worked i don't know if you know the story of the uh the episode one trailer but um people who engineers who worked at apple were so excited about episode one that they like they hacked a a server somewhere at uh, Lucasfilm and got the trailer and they put it up on Apple's <laughs> website and it got so many hits that Apple actually formed a movie trailers section of their site and for like a decade it was just wow. an inexplicable piece of their website which was just like yeah we've just got all the movie trailers on our site. And, I uh, do distinctly remember going to Apple to watch my movie trailers. Yeah, it was a really weird thing that, like, they didn't even like well before they actually sold movies on iTunes and uh -huh. stuff. They just had them all the movie trailers, and it and it was because of that. And it was around that time I think the the second movie trailer I ever watched at Apple was X Men, 
and I had a 56K modem. <laughs> and I was trying to watch it in, of course, standard def. It was a standard definition trailer, not even an HD trailer, because that wasn't a thing yet. Um, and I remember it taking so long that I was just staring at the screen, waiting for another frame to come in. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. it was because so much of the beginning of it, like the first second or so, is just black. Yep. It was a very long wait. And then finally you start to see something fade in. Mm-hmm. And I remember having to leave for dinner and come back <laughs> in like 12 frames. Of right. Loaded. And then you got, oh, oh, there's another second. Of... Yep. <laughs> I remember, yep. uh, and I, this is a slightly off topic, but uh, I, I do. You, were you there the day we watched uh, Jay and Silent Bob's Strike Backs trailer? I don't think so. It, it was at Vince's house. So our uh, friend Vince, maybe I don't know. Uh, and and it was it was the same thing. We were all just sitting in front of his family computer because, of course, <laughs> no kids didn't have computers themselves. It was the family computer and the mm-hmm. uh, well, Brian did, but none of the rest of us did. But uh, you know, we were we were in the the dining room at the family computer desk, and we would just refresh it, and we would get like two more seconds. We'd be like, "Whoa, look at it!" <laughs> um. And uh, and I do remember uh, for this this particular trailer, doesn't like the 20th Century Fox logo come up in like a melty thing? Yeah, it, it uh, yeah. And, There's like a weird liquid metal thing. So painfully slow because you're like, what is it? <laughs> yeah, I remember. And then it's like, right. damn it! Yep, you thought it was some sort of mutant Fox power. <laughs> right, you know, it's like whose power is liquid metal? Oh, is it Colossus? Is it Colossus? Is it Colossus? Yep. Colossus? No, it's just something stupid. Damn it! Get to the trailer. <laughs> despite the fact that we were on the internet at the time, like I wasn't in, I wasn't like dialed in or anything. Like this trailer was literally the first I was seeing of this movie. Right. You oh, know, yeah. and the reveal of the costumes being just like black leather and everything was kind of disappointing, but also sure. exciting because they were, aside from that, they were the X Men. Yeah. Right. And and you know you know to get into the movie a little deeper here uh i honest to god still felt that way when you see hugh jackman the first time mm-hmm. you know yeah, like and, i and cyclops I, who's I just a complete pusher better. i do expect better from them in the future but when you see those guys the first time it's still like what's free <laughs> <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and, and you still just get that and now this is a movie that I saw, I think, I want to say I saw this movie more times than I saw any other film at theaters. Not because it was my favorite, specifically. Now, I liked it a lot. But it was it was a matter of like, oh my gosh, so-and-so hasn't seen it yet and they don't have anybody to go with them? Well, I'll go with them. <laughs> mm, I think I only saw it once, but it was definitely with you. Yeah, which, Maybe I, which saw it, I might have seen it twice. Which group did you go with with me? Because I, I know remember. you and I saw it. I don't remember, Pat. Were you I, there with with Mike Lazinski? I maybe could so, have been. Maybe Chris I, was there. I have no idea. <laughs> I can't remember which. Yeah, Chris they're, was there. They're all. Chris was totally there, man. Because the that's banana? where bananas came yeah, okay. from. Because we we were at the theater. Thank God! And, thank God! No a, one listens to this. They're not going to have any idea what's going on. This why I'm explaining. It's a funny, intimate story, which makes the audience feel closer to us. Um, so we were at the theater, and and of course, this is like 
this is like the first big nerd event. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was right. the first time that we all were like, we can go outside together. <laughs> yeah. Technically I had seen Batman movies in the theater, but right. I never felt like a geek thing because Batman was fairly mainstream at that point. Absolutely. Batman has been mainstream since the sixties. Yeah. Um, and Blade, honestly, Blade same movies were still Blade flying under the too, radar. Too. Everybody just thought it was a vampire movie. They didn't yeah. realize it was a comic book movie. Right. They're, um, they're all trying to ice skate uphill. Right. Right. But this, this is 100% the first time we're like our stuff, like the weird stuff, man is out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like people were there in costumes and it was awesome. Except for this one guy who was just dressed as a banana. <laughs> and our friend, I, if, Chrissy, if I was older and like, just had a, a more presence of mind than I did back then. I would definitely have been trying to figure out why he was dressed as a banana. But at the time, it was <laughs> no, just like, "What's this weirdo dressed as a banana at a movie?" Anyway, go she, ahead, continue. but she was, you know, she was like, "Is that an X Man?" We were like, "Yes, it is. That's that's Banana X or whatever <laughs> whatever don't... bullshit we we concocted." Uh, but she bought it for a little while uh, until we were just like, "No." There isn't a giant banana X-Men. And then for, for years later, and now obviously the next time I see her, I'm going to remind her of it. Uh, you know, we will just say, you know, when we lie to her uh, in a jokey way, we usually end it with bananas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the whole story. So there you go. So anyway, long so, story short, bananas. the movie's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Pat, here's the thing. So this movie, I specifically remember... This movie seems like a, do you remember we were talking about Iron Man and it's like the first Iron Man movie feels like it's from a different era than all the rest? Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. his hair is different. It just feels a little bit different. This movie feels like that to me. Like when I first watched it, there was just a way that the special effects were done where it was still very practical. The CGI when it was used wasn't great. Um, Yeah, but before its time, I thought it Oh, no, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, no, at the time, I thought it was great. Like, looking at it now, it's like the wire work is like everybody moves slower than they should. You know, um, some of the Mm. compositing isn't quite as good as it could have been. But (laughs) you know what else? One of my favorite bits was watching uh, deleted scenes in horrifying first stage CGI animantics. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I should have watched those. I watched this movie on the train, so I didn't take any notes. That's okay. I I basically pieced it together in clips on YouTube so I could watch it at work. The Um, um, X2, the the next one we're going to watch, I felt (laughs) like just in terms of like its cohesiveness as a movie, that one really felt like a good, um, I might change my mind after I watch it again, but (laughs) it it felt like that one set the tone for the rest. And it like that one feels like the beginning of the era, whereas this one feels like a one-off just the, right. everything about it just feels different. Like it's the well, end again, of the 90s, I, you know, <laughs> whereas everything else is the 2000s. I really feel and, you know, you know, people say that all the time, at least the first year or two of <laughs> a decade is really still part of the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I this was a, a very big risk, you know, oh, they yeah. for the most part, movie industries really still still thought that, you know, 
you, you, they think of superhero movies and they think of uh, George Clooney's nipples. <laughs> that's that's what brings to mind when you think of superhero movies at that point in time. It's like, no, no, it's bad. Nobody wants this. Nobody wants this at all. Um, actually, it, interestingly enough, I was just watching uh, a video series that was kind of exploring the idea of Hollywood's fear of quote unquote dead genres. Um, when in reality there is no such thing as a dead genre, you just need to make a good movie, yeah. you know, proven time and time again, and then they ruin it after that, you know. Um, right now we are still, I mean, who would have thought, 19 years later, we are yeah. still in the era of the superhero movie. You know, we are almost, I would have to assume we're at the pinnacle you know, it's all downhill from here. You don't you don't get a movie like uh, Endgame and then be like, well, we're going to do way better than that. <laughs> you know, mm. I can hope, but I, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm setting the bar pretty low for the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but again, movie, this is this, this was the, the promise. So, yeah, this was the right, beginning. Right. And the so the X-Men Genesis, I, I feel like they I do feel like this was not the same as the other movies because it was so we don't want to be too superhero-y yellow spandex, but I still want to punch that kid in the mouth. Cyclops. Mm -hmm. Every, if I ever see it, cause honestly I could take him after watching all of the other movies, the dork has been in. <laughs> he's such a weenie. I could take him. Uh, but wasn't he in that Easter Bunny movie? Yes, he was. Okay. Yes, he was. My daughter likes it. I've seen it too many times. Okay. Uh, uh, because one is too many times. <laughs> All right. So spoiler uh, but, free. Spoiler free. You still recommend this movie? I say. I personally, I say, still a good movie to watch. Um, yes. It's a, it is a great movie to watch. Some of the don't hold up, FX but overall, still very good. Late at night. Yeah. Yeah. Still good as kind of a historical piece, too, in just the sense of, like, this is where it all began. Rebecca Romaine stay most of the time? I can't remember. I believe she was at the um, time. Basically being naked all the time for a, a teenage boy watching a superhero movie. That was, was pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> Uh, again, especially like like those are the kinds of things in the in the movie. They take a lot of liberties with things, and and you know, as a nerdy fan, the your initial reaction is, of course, is like, oh, why'd you change that? Oh, yeah, that, this was still back. You, but this, this but was still that, definitely back in the day when it was like it seemed like they felt like they needed to change something about everything. Yeah, you know, right, it's like right. I don't. I, don't, I always tried to imagine those costumes. conversations. Right, right. Yeah. You know, the, where like the, the the pitch meeting where they're like, "Don't worry, man. Don't worry, man. They're not going to be wearing that yellow and blue spandex bullshit. Leather, leather." Yeah, it's and like, we even talked to Marvel. They're going to make the characters wear leather in the comics. But then leather. They get, then they get to Mystique, and they're like, "What should Mystique wear?" And they're like, "What about nothing?" <laughs> so <laughs> well, we in the, in the thought, comics, she wears something, and we need to change that. So how about nothing? We were thinking nothing at all. Have you met Rebecca Romaine? <laughs> I mean, and uh, what's kind of stupid about it is that the the assumption in the comics was that she probably was always technically naked, but since she can right. generate clothing, 
She was just always generating clothing. It never made sense in the movies that she would just be like, yes, I am literally naked right now. Well, I'm not I even think going it... to pretend like I'm wearing uh, clothes. What, what made sense about it, what it was, what I felt it was supposed to be portraying more or less was um, this was her rebellion. You know, this was her like, I'm owning, this is who I am. I'm not going to cover it up with your, your standards. My nipples naturally hide under scales. <laughs> so I, mean, I need not hide them with your by, white dresses. Yeah, by the standards of society, she was technically covered, so it was okay. Exactly. They, so, they do cover this topic in the later movies with Jennifer Lawrence, and oddly enough, she just ends up wearing clothes all the time. Even when she's, uh, like, blue skin. Did I lose you? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got the sonar going. We're going to look for him. Uh, hello? Brian? How's it going? Oh, you know. Okay. All right. So, getting back into it. Yes. Uh, the... A spoiler-free review was where I wanted to end up with this before we get into the details. So, uh -huh. yes, you're recommended. Thumbs up. Thumbs most of the way up. Good. Sound a spoiler horn. Let's get into it. I can't believe you spoiled it. You've been working on that? <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. All right. So... The movie starts with Patrick Stewart narrating, and he says, Space. Space. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> anyway, he says something uh, about mutation or whatever, and some, some bullshit about evolution and whatnot. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, then we get a sequence of CGI that I remembered being a lot better than it actually was. <laughs> As we're apparently flying through... A body or something to get to the x-men logo i'm not it quite really sure. it, all of the x-men movies start this way though <laughs> it, this was a trope of, this, of this was movies. definitely a trope. it was like because it, it was like it, it's his little speech ended with leaps forward and yeah, when, and when like that some, happened your some molecules went, smashed into each other oh and you're on a roller coaster ride of amazing cgi graphics just so we're clear evolution is definitely caused by molecules colliding with each other absolutely okay that so, creates that creates evolution within an individual yes uh -huh. so, I, i'm sitting here I'm checking with the scientists evolution to kick in yep scientists say in uh, thumbs up all right uh most most of the way up so then we move over to the holocaust which yes. is a uh i thought a really good scene originally because they it's it's a hundred percent practical effects there's no special effects on this at all um and it's it's a it's a very moving scene that you don't normally see in superhero movies or you didn't back then at least and well, uh, i mean even today it's it's very rare that you get a good villain like magneto Mm -hmm. uh, Magneto is is my favorite type of villain, yep. one that you can go. You know, I I hate to say this, guys, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Like he's, you're you're like I I can see where he's coming from. <laughs> he, so here, yeah, the thing is, 
This, the movie Magneto, has a couple of flaws that I think a, a ideal Magneto would not have. Um, and they're much worse in later movies than than this one. But um, we'll get to them. We'll get to it when I when we get to that part of the movie. But um, we'll overall, get to though, get to it. overall, though, like, you know, Magneto is um, we all well, if you don't know Magneto's backstory, he was a child during the Holocaust. Um, you know, he was a, a um, I think he was Polish. He's a Polish Jew. I think so. And, uh, you know, he was in a. Um, he was in a camp and his parents died there and, um, he eventually got out. Um, supposedly, according to this movie, he met, um, he and Professor X met when they were 17, although I'm pretty sure, sure later sure. retcons would, uh, count, you know, contradict that, but sure. Sure. Um, yeah. So anyway, so he's a Holocaust survivor and he's, um, he and Professor X are both trying to save the world. Because there's humans and mutants, and Professor X, of course, wants everybody to live in harmony. And Magneto's like, they're going to try and kill us, so why don't we just kill them first? Although not not, not to get that's overly not his, that's political not his plan of this movie, right. but 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 not to get overly political here. But is it do you do you get the feeling that you know he would have mutant lives matter and. Professor X would be like, no, all lives matter. And we'd be like, oh, Professor X. You know what, Pat? <laughs> you are 100% correct. I guarantee you. I guarantee uh-huh. you that uh-huh. Professor X would be on Twitter. Hashtag all, all lives matter. And we'd be like, and, no, you don't understand, Professor X. It's not, it's not really what it means anymore. I get what you're saying, but. <laughs> I would exactly really, how it would go. I think it would be fascinating to see how how X-Men would play out in the modern era. Uh-huh. Um, I assume it would be extremely depressing. Yes. One of, one of the nice Absolutely. things about X-Men, though, is that all throughout its entire run, X-Men's been around, what, like 70 or 80 years? Something like that. Uh, when, when was when was X-Men? Was X-Men 60, 64? 60-something? I'm looking it up. Okay. That would that would put it somewhere around uh, sixty years. Anyway, somewhere in that vicinity. Um, the point is, no matter which era it's in, because of the way it's structured in that sixty-three. Oh well, that was close. Um, the way it's structured, you know, X the X Men are a a marginalized group that are. Um, being oppressed by the government, by normal, mm-hmm. regular people who are afraid of them, but they also have some power of their own. So there's there's two different dynamics always going on with the X-Men, which is them being oppressed versus how much can they fight back without just uh, becoming the villains that everyone thinks they are. You know, right. that's that's and the, I mean, it it's it a works very... for every era because there's always right. there's always some oppressed group that you can compare them to and even watching mm-hmm. this movie you it's eerily you know rings true for things that are happening today yeah, absolutely it's uh it's very it's it's so hard um because there there is that notion of uh you know speaking as a normie <laughs> uh like if, if you're putting yourself in the x-men universe if you're, you're putting yourself in that mindset and you are a normal person walking walking around no powers um so thusly no way to necessarily defend yourself against powers 
-hmm. and there are people walking around who can just walk into your house. Doesn't matter how many locks you have. You know, of course, these are the things that they 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 put out there. You know, in the movie, you know, they they could they mind control. You know, Professor X literally, and I mean, like almost to the point where you're like, really, dude, that's not cool. <laughs> he he literally like freezes time. Do you know how many of those people were late? It's not like yep. he actually stopped time. He just convinced an entire area of people to stop moving. He's done this on a couple of occasions throughout the movies. It's he, like he his does. thing. Now, it's his signature now, like, thing. What happens now? One of those people was having a heart attack. It, you have convinced him to just sit there Listen. <laughs> and have a heart attack. <laughs> The greatest, the greatest trick that comics ever pulled was convincing us that Professor X was a good guy. I, I, I don't disagree. It's one of those He's, weird things that you just can't, uh, can't it, wrap your head around. It's a, uh, it's a widely believed fact that the, uh, the creators of these of these movies watched X Men the animated series and drew a lot of uh, a lot of their ideas from that show. Which is why, like, the cast of the movies are, you know, these initial movies is almost identical to the cast of the uh, mm -hmm. original show. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought on where I was going with that. Crap, why did I bring that up, Pat? Professor X is a dick? Yeah. He, in the show. Okay, that's right. That's where I was bringing it up. In the show, he constantly talks about how it is, like, ethically wrong to invade people's minds and stuff, but he constantly does it. Right. Yeah, you know, he talks about it, and then just at on a whim, he always does it. Whenever he, um, it, whether it's like fighting somebody or just trying to get information from somebody, like he goes into people's minds constantly without their permission. Right. And, and he's like, least, I shouldn't do this, but it, at least in the movies, he never does the thing he does on the show where he like makes people relive all of their traumas. <laughs> The, which the, which is awful. The Ghost Rider penance stare. Yeah, no, no, no. It's different. It's different than the Ghost Rider. The Ghost Rider penance stare is where you relive all the pain you've caused oh, other they people. The pain. Yeah, yeah. So what that he makes, does that is be more. like, He's oh, just he, like yeah, you've had some some shitty times. I'm yeah. gonna make you relive them. Right. Your father beat you when you were a kid. Prepare to relive all those moments again. <laughs> that's what that's what he does on the show. Yeah, and that's he's a dick. crazy. Anyway. So anyway, so we're we're past the Holocaust now. We're in um, some room, some chamber that doesn't appear to be Congress. <laughs> I'm not quite sure no, where this it, room was. But but with like a really cool moving wall presentation yeah. area. I mean, it's a very cool room. <laughs> a sculpted, was the, the sculpture like was of the Senate building or something. <laughs> like it was, it mm -hmm. was very odd. It was oh, an odd yeah. choice. Hold on, I missed a scene. First, we're in Mississippi in the not too distant future. Oh yeah, that's right. That's where right. where Rogue is talking about going to Alaska and <clears throat> everything. And can I just say, Rogue looks like she's like five. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's, it's a very it's, difficult transition from the cartoon to the movies. I, I've always felt that way because I always was a very big fan of Rogue. I, I thought she was cool. She's her one of the best characters figure, on the show. Absolutely. Her action figure was insanely hard to find. Uh, I remember the day I found it. I was so excited. Um, she was, this is, this is a funny little side story. I remember 
when when my my brain was uh, suffering from logic um, as a child, the, the logic versus magic. Oh, I was like, listen, Santa Claus's elves make toys. I want a rogue action figure, and they don't, don't make them yet. So thusly, they should be able to make me one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we've parents, all been there. My parents were like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they were quick enough to be like, oh, you, you can't make special requests like that. They they take them years just to get through all of the special requests. Yeah, they got to do the like, tooling. Well, I'm putting it in my letter. I'm putting it in my letter. She, she so, was a, yeah, she was a, she was a great character. Yeah, I, I awesome particularly character. loved her uh, quips. She had a lot of quips. Yes. Her southern quips. Yeah. Her, 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 her southern. Uh, uh, well, you look more nervous than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> that was that was one from the show. Yes, yes, very good. Um, um, one thing they yeah. did bring over from the show is her uh, ear-piercing scream that she does on occasion, <laughs> like she does in this first scene after she kisses Cody, and he passes out into a coma. Cody, Cody. <laughs> And then, yeah, so she kisses him, her powers kick in. That effect actually held up pretty well, at least in this scene. With yeah, the, when they I, get I agree. The, yeah, the... Yeah, that's that's the one. Um, yeah, so now we go to the in, the indeterminate chamber of government, right. where uh, Jean Grey is giving a speech to a, at least one senator and some gathered folks. <laughs> Right, we don't we don't know who the folks are, you know. To basically so. say, hey, uh, you know, yes, uh, mutants have powers and they exist, and if you register them, you're going to put their lives in danger. And the senator responds with, like, well, you know, we're if we don't, then won't they be a danger anyway? And this is actually a very legitimate conversation that would be a very, uh, very polarizing in the real world. And, uh, like I said, I, I, do, I, not, I, I can, do not envy us or I do not envy them for having to deal with that. Right. Because I can see it both ways, man. Yep. I would I would not want to as a person who was just born with yep. extraordinary as, powers as a person who enjoys not dying. <laughs> well, you know, it comes comes back to kind of like the idea of, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's if it's true or the, the alleged like. Bruce Lee had to register his fists that's as not, registered weapons. You know true. what I mean? I, I know it's not true. But you know what I, you know, that's the, the yeah. notion of that. Like, I can't just walk around with if these the, if fists. This, if this I was registered. <laughs> if this was real life present day, I can guarantee you 100% that uh, they would be proposed, like, Senator Kelly would be proposing uh, that mutants have to be registered because they are dangerous. And then also uh, saying that, um, you know, let's let's not jump the gun here just because we've had another mass shooting. I mean, we don't want to we don't want to limit our access to guns or anything. You know, that's unconstitutional. <laughs> right. <clears throat> this this movie is extremely political for being tw tw almost 20 years old. It's right. extremely almost, relevant. Almost 20 year old, 20 years old and about superheroes. It is exceedingly relevant about our day to day lives today, today. Uh, so professor today. x is up in the balcony probably reading everybody's mind even though the senator is like a creeper 
even though the senator is literally saying, I, I have heard they're uh, mutants so dangerous, they could even read your mind and control your thoughts. And then professor's like, oh, I just detected Magneto nearby. Because I've been reading literally everybody's minds. I just have everybody's mind on autoplay, and all of a sudden I heard one that I remember. Oh, hey! Hey, buddy! Why do you Uh, ask questions to which you already know the answers, Pat? I I know all the answers. I just read everyone's mind. So here we have the first meeting, the first fateful meeting between uh, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. And let me say one more time, I love Ian McKellen, mm-hmm. adore Ian McKellen. Yep. Not who I would have picked to play Magneto. Nope. Especially since Magneto looked more like Arnold Schwarzenegger with gray hair <laughs> in the comic books and the cartoon show and literally every other medium. Now, yeah, am I, I okay I never really with it at this that, point? I am totally okay with it because the the bromance of yeah. Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart far supersedes my wish to have a buff Magneto. Well, here's here's the problem. The, here's the problem they had to grapple with. Comics try to be like everything happens within like a 10 or 20 year period and we just kind of shift the window along. Mm-hmm. But when you have a character who is defined by something that took place in a in a actual year that yeah. is anchored you know like when magneto was created in the 60s they he, they were like 20 years from the holocaust it wasn't it was reasonable to think that yeah he might be aging and his hair might be graying but he's still in good shape he's not an old man but right. now here we are in the year 2000 <laughs> you know there's no there's no other way to do it but to make him an old man right yeah and again he played magneto fantastically yep. it was a visual thing for me i was like uh, i wish it was different he's but got i enjoyed him very much i mean he's got a layer <laughs> which <laughs> it, you know it didn't bother me in the past it didn't bother me this time but it, it didn't occur to me in the past that's like yeah this guy has a layer like he doesn't yep. have a house or nope. anything he has a layer because that's just a thing super villains do but it's like would magneto have a layer you know? Yeah, he would, man. He would. He actually. I'm pissed that it wasn't on an asteroid. <laughs> yeah, but like his asteroid was like nice and furnished and like luxurious. Right. Like a, he could make a house out of scrap metal or something. But he's living in a cave with like a chair that he just drags along the floor instead of lifting it up and moving it around. It just it just you know screeches across the floor. Anyway, living in a van, <laughs> and he's got the. I know we're jumping ahead slightly here, but I love how he's got those um, the the clicky balls that aren't actually attached uh-huh. to anything. Yeah, that like was he... like my favorite thing the first time I saw this movie. Me too. And then the more I think about it, the more I actually hate it because, he, like, the notion that he is cool, quiet cat. The notion that he is he is like really cool with the idea of. Uh, like wasting his power, <laughs> you know, he he is actively doing that for well, yeah, some reason. If he hadn't been doing that, he probably could have lifted the chair. Probably so. Probably so. The floor. But no, he's gonna screech it across he's the floor like, like an asshole. He's a big fan of like office bubbles. All right. <laughs> he doesn't. He has. 
He lives in a cave. He's got a metal desk, uncomfortable metal chair. Like he can't even put cushions on the metal chair for some reason. I mean, let, well, let the guy have a little, himself. let the guy have a little clicky balls. He only has things in his presence that he can move with his mind. He doesn't yeah, want to have anything that he would have to exert uh, I, energy for. If you lift up the chair, the, the cushions will go with it. Yeah, no, no, I, I, no, no. They're just getting away. I mean, he could have like rounded the corners on it or something. No, 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 no. I imagine this conversation has been had many times in Magneto's lair. I, I imagine Mystique has probably brought this up because she's probably sitting on a metal chair somewhere. Right. Just like my, my ass is freezing cold because I have no clothes on. <laughs> I have no clothes on. I could easily turn part of myself it now, okay, so here's this is another. Uh, yeah, okay, one of those. so are we going to get into the debate of whether or not Mystique can turn into literally anything? That's that is the debate that I that it always comes up for me. We, I, uh, I, if she can make clothes, she could do it, she can make anything. This can also make, comes up, she can up, make claws, she can make claws, they and then they get cut off and nothing seems to be missing from her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't see it, but she, now she has uh. Megan Fox thumbs. <laughs> if, if, could she, here's the, this is the real question. Could she turn into a transformer and transform? Uh, yes, that's, that's what I'm saying. I that's, believe if she could. <laughs> if she turn into the Statue of Liberty? Did she turned into a miniature Statue of Liberty. Oh yeah, that's true. Miniature. I was like, no, she didn't. And then she was just like, rawr, and just stopped her. <laughs> right, in Ghostbusters too. It was her. Anyway, there's um, something strange. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, I think at this point we have shifted over to um, Canada, where uh, Rogue is apparently right. she's following the path that she had laid out for Cody when when she was talking about their vacation, which yeah. in retrospect would have been a terrible vacation. Would have been the worst. Yeah. The worst so, of vacations. Honestly, Cody lucked out by getting himself into that coma. <laughs> right. Cody, buddy, <laughs> good on you. <laughs> we never hear from Cody again. Nope. Cody really, if they if they were playing their cards the right way, Cody should have really been Captain Marvel, and that would have been awesome. You know, do you remember how they handled Cody in the cartoon show? Because really. it's this it's the same backstory. Where he goes into a coma, but in like season four or five, it's the episode with the brood. Uh huh. And uh, Cody shows up and he's like trying to lure. He, he tells Rogue he's um, he's better and he's, you know, he's still in love with her and he he's trying to lure her into the brood hive for some reason. I don't remember why, but like throughout the whole episode, you're thinking like, OK, well, it's. He's clearly working with the brood. He's got to be like a shapeshifter of some sort or like they're mind controlling him or something. But then at the end, he's just like, well, the, the brood told me that, um, you know, they'd, they'd uh, make you fall in love with me or whatever. So I decided to work with them. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute. This this is the actual literal guy who is not under any sort of like coercion or mind control or anything. And he's just like, <laughs> I'm going to work with the aliens from the alien movies to get my yeah. love of the love of my life back. Who put me in a coma. Like it doesn't, I, it, it I'm, doesn't make a lick of sense. No, does it? It does not. Anyway. So anyway, <laughs> so we're up in Canada. All right. 
Rogue is uh, driving in a truck with a guy who I think is the voice of Beast from the cartoon show. Yes, he is. 99% sure about that. They come to a city which uh, consists of one singular bar which has a cage match ring in it. And uh, she comes what in. What was the Lo- name of the city? Laughlin, was it Anchorage or it was something? Lori Laughlin City. Lori Laughlin City? No, because she, like, she was like, I thought you were going to take me as far as blah, blah, blah. Laughlin, like, Laughlin City. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. <laughs> anyway. I have to go hang from the ceiling now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Wolverine's fighting a guy and uh, beats him up. Then like another, guy, another guy decides to jump in, beating the crap out of Wolverine, goes to punch him. Wolverine punches back uh they collide fists and you hear a metallic clank right for no, for no reason because only it, right. one of them is metal and then as he's punching it the guy, knocks hearing... some of wolverine's bones around okay <laughs> fine whatever <laughs> <clears throat> um then you hear the metallic clank while he's punching the guy and then that's it right and then he does a head you know that was that was this, that was this cool finisher move he just head butts him like just like a like, you know, that thing Batman does with, you know, I'm not looking at you and you're running up and then I just throw a fist backwards. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman does that with his head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's really That's, cool. You know, you're not wrong. I know. <clears throat> I'm never wrong. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so then they announce that he's the Wolverine. Right. And and then we, you know, it's later. They're at the bar. Rogue is drinking water and eye, eyeball in the tip jar. <laughs> right. Right. I get it. <laughs> Rogue is in such a weird place right now. She's like, "Yep, I'm, I'm sitting at this obviously adult bar. Mm-hmm. I am clearly like 15, maybe. Yep. I mean, these are the wilds of Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is, and she then, is nowhere. She is near and, Alaska. Right. And she, uh, she, she's like, ah, oh, man, I wonder if I could just get me a piece of that tip jar. I don't know what I'd do with it." I would, I would use it to buy some food from this, this guy. This is literally the only place I can go. I will steal his tip money and then use it to buy things for him. <laughs> <clears throat> so, as luck would have it, Wolverine comes in and sits down and he's smoking a giant cigar. Yep. And let me one more time reiterate how bad smoking is for you. It's terrible. You will die forever, but damn it all if he doesn't make it look so cool. I know. He's the first person ever, I think, to make smoking look cool. Maybe, maybe the first one. <laughs> so every TV in this movie is constantly playing um, some somebody who is describing the, uh, the event at the end of the movie. <laughs> yes. So this reporter is talking about how there's going to be a summit where... 200 heads of state are going to be in New York for to talk about mutants, I think was why they were there, and other things. Right. And then, you know, very, very innocently, the second they said mutants, both Rogue and Wolverine, like, stare at the TV like, oh, mm-hmm. I wonder how many people oh, are mutants. Not obvious. <laughs> it's like so, a little, little known fact. No mutant can resist looking up when you say the word mutants. That's it's like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit when you you go shave and a haircut. Toons have to say two bits. Mutants have to look up when you say mutants. That's how the registration act was going to work. They were just going to exactly. have a van drive just... down the street going mutants, 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 mutants. mutants. Oh, that one looks up. Get him. <laughs> I only so... have the power of observation. 
<clears throat> so the guy from Colorado. Bef- oh, geez. the guy from before comes in. He's like, "You owe me some money." Nobody. It was a good impression. Help. I like Thank that. You. And uh, Wolverine's just like, "I, I don't want to lose trouble. money. You keep that up, you're gonna lose something else." Yeah. There you go. Thanks. And uh, <clears throat> Wolverine. Uh, well, the guy like tries to grab him. Wolverine pops some claws, whoa, pins him whoa. against the wall. You, you, you gotta, you gotta play it the right way here, man. Okay, you do. You the just guy, do the guy pulls a knife. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, Rogue screams again. And Rogue goes, look out! <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that plays a part later. That's why I we saved have to your talk. laugh. <laughs> no, you <Yeah>. didn't. <laughs> uh, so then, then came the moment that th- it was the the turtles popping out of the water moment for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolverine does the like the very quick shove him up against the wall, and two of my claws popped. And like on either side of his very thick neck. <laughs> and then the slow, like it's, it's actually, it's not a very good effect, but it was very effective at the time. Oh, it was, Claw it was tearing fantastic. through the middle of his skin, but it just draws further attention to the fact that there's no, there's no biology in there. There's no blood. <laughs> You know, like if if he his mutant power, you know, (laughs) the power of myth. But if 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 there was any truth to the whole, like, does it hurt when they pop out every time? (laughs) Uh, Then you know that that scene should have gone a little differently, you know. But in any case, it was totally badass. I loved it. It was Wolverine to a T the swiping his other arm around the other way and cutting the gun in half. And all that shit was just awesome. Just mm-hmm. awesome. Yep. Uh, I left the theater really, right after that scene. Cause I didn't think it could get any better. <laughs> it solidified how, how amazing Hugh Jackman is and, and how he will for a long time, even though, even I'm sure they're going to replace him soon enough. Oh, he's but, done. He's uh, done after uh, Logan, but, but you know, like he, he, well, yeah, I know he's done, but I'm just, I, I don't know how long it's going to take for Diz Marvel. Uh, well, to let me ask you this. Do dis, you think Disney, <laughs> do you think Disney thinks they could make money off of Wolverine in a movie? I will. Brian. <laughs> that's how, that's how fast they will replace him. Exactly. They, everyone knows that Wolverine is nothing more than a cash cow. And the fact that Disney now owns the rights again, he's going to be a huge presence in the comics again. He's going to have everything is going to be coming up Wolverine in no time. Um, but uh, I, I, I think that there are some pretty big shoes to fill. Perhaps too big since Hugh Jackman is like six three, and Wolverine should only be five three. I've I've seen some petitions going around still trying to get Danny DeVito to oh, play God. Wolverine <laughs> like now. <laughs> That's they don't know what they're asking for. They That's, don't. They, they know not. No, anyway, not. They do. But, so Wolverine uh, Wolverine leaves without further incident. Rogue follows him. He gets in, in a his very bizarre conspicuous way but (laughs) also like that's another part that doesn't make a lot of sense like i feel like there's a cut scene somewhere where he wolverine's like i'm gonna go take a leak for like 10 minutes nobody better get in the back of my car (laughs) (laughs) because it would seem that he's like fucking god i'm gonna leave 
but Rogue waits a minute and then runs after, but somehow sneaks into his vehicle. Right, because you see him go out and get in the truck. Right. You know, so presumably he gets in the truck and she just like runs out (laughs) and leaps into the back. (laughs) Right. right, As he's driving away. Unnoticed. And it's not until he's like way down the road that he's like, he hears like a faint shuffle. And again, this is this is one of those like, you know, in the comics, Wolverine would have smelled her right away. He would have known she was back there right away. So this is bullshit. Um, uh, sir, in the uh, in issue number one hundred and twenty-three. No, no, fuck Unca- that. <laughs> fuck that. In like five minutes into the film, when when they're like, I'm in the outdoors. <laughs> And there, I think I smell some stupid wrestler about fifty yards from here. <laughs> so, so anyway, this, so he, this okay. Go, go. He he finds Rogue in the back. He stops the car. She's he tells her to get out, and she's like, "Where am I going to go?" And he's like, "I don't care." And he gets in. He starts to drive away. He feels bad. He stops the car. She gets back in. They're driving. Okay. Yep. He tries <laughs> to give her some, or gives her some jerky. Yep. She eats it. He tries to put her hands on the heater, which is a weird move. Let me let me just point out. There's some watching there's a that again. Of, I was like, ooh, yeah, Wolverine me too, right? <laughs> Wolverine oversteps some bounds in this movie. Yeah. Let's he's, just he's say, just like, here you go. Let me take your hands and put them on the heater because yeah. obviously you're just a dumb woman. Can't figure out where to put her hands. <laughs> where's that? Heat. Where's that heat source coming from? I, I sense it, but. <laughs> Uh, but you know, then, then he, he pulls like a weird pervy line, like, don't worry, kid, I'm not going to hurt you. It's like, Ooh, Ooh, weird. (laughs) (laughs) Too much. A little too much. A little too close. Um, but they're talking about their secret identities for a little bit. Right there. And again, these were two of my favorite mysteries. Um, yeah. yeah. (laughs) They, when you, when you were a kid in the, late 80s, early 90s, you got most, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, I got most of my intel from the back of the beautiful uh, Marvel Series 1 trading cards. Um, And Rogue had a secret identity listed as unknown. And I think at least maybe the first wave Wolverine was listed as unknown as well. I can't remember now. Because uh, I feel like Logan was was something we knew for a very long time, but I feel like he had at least one well, trading card where his, it was unknown. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, his um his name <clears throat> as as Logan, I think at that point was known to be not his real name, but no oh, one knew what his be, real name was. Be. So, um, but yeah. So in, in any case, the fact that just like. Marie, Logan, how you doing? <laughs> they, I'm trying to, oh yeah, so, okay. In the comics, I think just before this movie, they had revealed that her, that Rogue's name was Anna. And then this movie said her name was Marie. And then. Because the actress's name was Anna. <laughs> that would have been too weird. I think that's, I think that's actually why they picked it. But then they, or maybe it was shortly thereafter, and they didn't realize that the movie had actually said her name. But they said her name was Anna. And then they, in order to rectify this, because apparently it has to be rectified, uh, they changed her name to Anna Marie. So that is officially Rogue's name. 
no one knows if Marie is her last name or if she just that we still don't know her last name. Her name is actually Anne Marie. <laughs> it's just been a, a very, uh, very confusing. That's all. Anna Marie. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, the fact that, you know, the deeper I go went into this movie, uh, the fact that there was no gambit to go with the rogue made me very sad. Yeah. And making Wolverine a pseudo love interest was just creepy. Yeah. That should... Well, and it, it's good that that didn't Wolverine, happen. That right. didn't Wolverine out. has always had, you know, there's a long-standing tradition of Wolverine having a young female sidekick. Yeah, he's got a soft um, spot. He's got a soft well, and and it, it plays really well because he's the I'm the gruff old guy, and oh, I hate everything, but I got a soft spot for you, kid. I'll watch out for you, and you'll be like a surrogate daughter to me, and whatever. But then the the kid is always like. He's kind of dreamy, and that's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Kitty Pride, uh, Jubilee—they both fell into that. And then, but that—that that was one of the things that I, I initially, and still to this day, I'm—I'm I'm miffed about. Like, why did we have to have Rogue? Like, I get that her power set is, is the whole shtick of the movie, but like, why yeah, did we have to, to make? We could have easily been like, well, Jubilee powers the machine. Her fireworks. fireworks are useful in that one <laughs> sense only, or we need somebody who you, we couldn't reach it. So we needed somebody to be able to phase through things like that's that, you know, you could write whatever MacGuffin bullshit you wanted, uh, because in my book, we we've never gotten a decent live action rogue. No. And I think the, and again, and let me, let me state again. I have nothing against Anna Paquin. I think she did a great job of what she was given, but she is not rogue as far as I've ever cared about the character. Yeah. And more, more than that, like you could, you, you could just kind of ignore these movies if you don't like rogue, you know, mm-hmm. but the, I think the real like sin of these movies was that they forever altered rogues character in the comics uh-huh. Because after this movie, she lost her Captain Marvel powers or Ms. Marvel yep. powers. Then she became more goth. Um, her <laughs> character on X Men Evolution was basically just a Southern goth girl. Um, and the, I, the comics have the comics have been like extremely slowly returning her to the way she was, and she's not there yet. Yeah. But she's she's just a she's a darker character now. Jim Lee's. 90s rogue and x-men the animated series 90s rogue will forever be rogue in my mind that's just how it goes yep so they they moved this this movie was responsible for moving wolverine's claws from the top of his hands to the less cool but more anatomically sensical (laughs) coming out from between his knuckles and it led to um uh Who's whose run was it on X Men that where they switched it to the to the leather suits? Grant Morrison, I think. Oh yeah, no, yeah, you're right. It was yeah. So Grant Morrison's run on uh, New X Men. Yeah, yeah. Hated it, by the way. Anyway, was, I mean, it was okay. I I don't like um, Frank Quitely's art, so that was the thing that kind of. Quite frankly, me. you don't like Frank Quitely. Quite frankly, I don't like Frank Quitely's art. I mean, I... He's, a, he's a great artist. I just don't care for the style. I think that it's it's very funny because I feel the same way, uh, but both of those people, Grant Morrison and Frank Whiteley, I love when they do DC. 
you know <laughs> it's that's something an about point. marvel that just i don't like the way they handle those characters but when they uh because they they did they did all-star superman one of the greatest superman stories ever you, you know and that's you true and i don't uh personally i don't mind frank whiteley's art in that book exactly well, for whatever whatever reason however it falls those two are much more suited for the fantasiful DC comics than they are the more realistic gritty like they go they go too far in the realistic gritty shit um yeah. and then when they do fantasy the going too far is good you know it's like oh i like this i like i like how far you're pushing this craziness but then when they're focused the other way it's like no you're going too far <laughs> All right, we're gonna anyway, we're gonna speed um, this up a little bit so we can get to the the, the meat of this movie. Um, so Rogue and Wolverine are talking about how they they both got shitty lives and powers and secret identities and stuff, and then Rogue um, just happens to mention that he's not wearing his seatbelt right at the moment that a <laughs> a tree falls in front of the truck, causing Wolverine to fly out the window and Rogue to lose the ability to unbuckle a seatbelt. Uh, so Wolverine gets yes. up and we get to see the first cool shot of his powers uh, healing him. Right. Which back in the day looked amazing. It was still OK. I feel like it wasn't great, but no, you know, actually it, it wasn't. I was like, oh, of the times that he heals in this movie, um, this this one and the very end shot where is he's unhealing, uh -huh. um, I think are the, are the most well done. But anyway, he's on his way back to the truck because Rogue is screaming that she's stuck. Right. Um, and also the truck is inexplicably on fire now because like someone dropped a lit lighter or something in the back and there's a also like a propane tank right, right. there. Right, and his this propane is, tank is, is like hissing. And... It's it's honestly not a great way to store your things. Anyway. Suddenly my life doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> Fuck you, kid. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, so, but then suddenly his ability to smell things kicks in for the first right. time. And again, like, oh, you remember, <laughs> I distinctly remember standing outside the movie theater talking about this point in the movie where we're, we're all like, well, I mean, I mean, it's you clearly they know each other. That's why he stopped like that. They, 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 they clearly have a history that we just didn't get into in this movie. I'm in the second one. It's just going to be Wolverine and Sabretooth fighting the whole movie. Mm hmm. And then we never see Sabretooth again in this in continuity. That form. Yeah, yeah. He's, the next time we see him is in the past. Yep. Like this is their last encounter. And and it's like and chronologically so ridiculously changed that I can't imagine that they're actually the same character. Yeah. So Sabretooth attacks. Wolverine pops his claws, which was cool. Just to because yep. you know, like, oh shit's about to go down. The claws are out. That's that's the signal for like this entire movie is claws come out, <laughs> you know it's time. Uh, Sabretooth jumps out of a tree or something because he's a guy. He's like a Sabretooth guy. It's like a Sabretooth fellow. <laughs> there's like some there's some bad wire work. I I could not get oh, over yeah. how bad the wire work was in this movie, and they do it a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, it's what they had to work with, man. Yep, I know. No, I know. It just um. I don't know. It's weird. People, people move not quite at the speed or direction you would expect, like mm -hmm. lightning coming down and striking someone and sending them like horizontally. <laughs> that happens a few times. Um, so anyway, then the only two X-Men who are able to do anything show up, Storm and Cyclops. 
because they're the <laughs> they're literally the only two like field agents in this movie. Right. Until the end when prof- when they're just like, well, Professor X is practically dead. So I guess we all got to go. Everybody gets an outfit. You get an outfit. You get an outfit. So, yeah. So they show up. They fight Sabretooth. And he, then he like hovers into a tree kind of because the wire work is weird. Yes. Yes. Um, Cyclops is like, don't worry, Rogue. Move. I'll use my optic blast to blast your seatbelt to safety. He he does not say that, and I know he doesn't say that because he's in like <laughs> eight scenes before he actually has a line in this movie. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. Anyway, Cyclops is the only character I believed in the like I, I that I, I was like, yeah, he would suit up in like all leather. <laughs> he's such, he's such he's, a fucking douche. Right. He really wants to be a badass. Right. But he, so, he he plays Cyclops so well in this movie because he like fucking cries like a little wiener and <laughs> he's like eh, I won't be the X Man. I I thought I was girl. the X Man. <laughs> so they they get Rogue out and they they get Wolverine off the hood of his truck because he's been splattered on there, and then the tr- entire truck blows up. Because the one propane tank finally caught on fire. Right. So this is the part where I think the the fact that the X-Men have like a supersonic jet um, and like motorcycles that can go really fast. These things are really important because throughout these movies, the X-Men go to a lot of different places very quickly. Yeah, very quick. So they have now picked up Wolverine and Rogue from some city that I believe we are told is near Alaska, but right. in Canada. And we've flown now to New York across country lines. Right. So Wolverine is likely now, uh, at the very least, Wolverine is now likely in America illegally. <laughs> that's, that's probably true. But they're mutants. They're, they're illegal everywhere. So yeah, it's fine. fine. All right. So Jean Grey is doing her uh, magic powers on him. You okay there? <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Tauntaun fell. <laughs> it, it happens. Um, <clears throat> she's doing her because apparently she's also a doctor of medicine. This is sure. this was news to me, but she's right. you know, there's only like four people that live at the school, and the rest are children. Four, it's like four adults. We're children. Wolverine wakes up, chokes her a little bit, runs out of the med bay. Uh, Professor X is playing tricks on him for shits and giggles, I assume. <laughs> Um, eventually leads him up to a classroom uh, where he um, tells him basically who the X-Men are. And there's some great lines in this scene because, again, Storm and Cyclops come in. Neither one of them basically say anything. Um, Professor X uh, introduces everybody by their code names, except for Jean Grey, who doesn't have one. And, uh, and then he's just like, you know, what do they call you? Wheels? Because we're gonna be we're gonna be ableist in this movie, and then he goes up to Cyclops and is unnecessarily rough with him, you know, just grabbing <laughs> him by the collar and saying like, "Hey, you want to get out of my way?" And Cyclops, being a total pushover, just like looks around him at the professor like, "What what what do I do here? What do I do? He's he's touching me. What do I do?" Except he doesn't say anything, right? Because it's not the he point of the movie it with where he his talks. Eyes. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> I don't even remember what happens after that. I think they just uh, roll credits or something. 
<laughs> um, at some point, let's see, where are you? Both of them attack Sabretooth, powers, I'm just, I'm reading the script here. Right, right. Um, is, yeah. is that the point where Professor X, the, I get fuzzy at this point too. So Professor X is explaining the school at this point to um, Wolverine. And the fascinating thing is that like, Rogue is already enrolled in classes. <laughs> Wolverine was out for a really long time, bro. A- apparently, <laughs> I guess, because it's just, I mean, it's, I would really love to see the conversation where, where Professor X is like, yeah, hey, we rescued you from the people who were trying to kill you. Um, would you like to see, uh, would you like to see my uh, syllabus? Because I'm going to be teaching physics later and I, uh, <laughs> I, I signed you up. Physics. <laughs> and, and Rogue is just like, sure, I'm going to, I'll do homework. Why not? Right, right. You I know mean, what? I, it's been a really weird time. I could, I can take doing some homework. And the, the great thing is, is that the way, the way it's explained or the way Wolverine kind of explains it to Rogue later is like he, she's in the school. Everyone is like her. They all understand her limitations and her powers, and they're all working. Everyone is working together to better everyone. And it's a really good place for her to be, but they don't show that until later. They're just like, yeah, we, uh, you were, you were unconscious and now you're awake. And also she's, she's taking classes here. Right. Next to Ju- She sits next to Jubilee. The first of like six people that play Jubilee. <laughs> and, uh, and also Katie pride was there a second ago. Yeah, the first of two people that play Kitty Pride. Right. <clears throat> and uh and then Iceman is screwing around with the first of two people who play Pyro. <laughs> there was a lot of uh casting changes between this movie and the next one. There was. There was. But uh It was anyway. it was fun, you know. Mm-hmm. It, they I feel like again because they had to play this movie so safe. I feel like we we got so many missed opportunities. Like if this, and again, I keep I keep praying every day that Marvel is going to be like, guess what, guys? Phase four is X Men. <laughs> That's it. Just X Men, all of them. Um, no, but I I I really just I feel like they, um. There's so many, like, we could have gotten so many cool background sequence things that could have possibly set up for other things. and But that wasn't the era we were in. No. <laughs> you know, that this Even, was the era of, you know, we're going to hit you over the head with every nod we give you yeah bash even, you in the face with it. Exactly. And even when there was, like, background stuff and everything, it was it was never picked up again. Like it was never right. a thread or something that they would pull on for a later movie or anything. It was just, they threw stuff in. So now we cut over to Senator Kelly, who's getting in a helicopter. Uh, he was at a anti-mutant rally of some sort or something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Gets in his helicopter with uh, Henry Peter Gyrick. Yep. Who is uh, a famous X-Men character from the comics and the, especially the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, then shortly after, we learn he's actually been dead for quite some time, and Mystique is here instead. Yes. <clears throat> so, um, unfortunately, the, uh, the the classic TV duo of uh, Gyrick and Trask 
um, <laughs> you know, famous, famous Hollywood couple. Guyric famous. Um, you know, Gyrick, he's dead. Trask was uh, Henry Peter Dinklage, and I'm pretty sure he's also dead. I don't think they ever met each other. It's probably it's not. very, very unfortunate for them. It's highly unlikely. So that they they were together in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So it turns out Mystique is uh, Mystique is um, the is Gyric. Toad is the pilot. They've captured uh, they've captured Senator Kelly now. Mystique has the good line of uh, before she does her ridiculous number of kicks in the face thing because she likes to do stuff with her feet uh she says um sure you know it's what did she say it's people like you who are afraid who made me afraid to right i forgot people like you who made me afraid to go to school as a child so they take him back to uh the the magneto cave the mag the magno cave and uh meet me at the magno cave where he's he's now um like tied into one of the uncomfortable metal chairs <laughs> and watching uh, everybody doing stuff and toad eats a bird for some reason because that's what toads do like you do magneto comes in and has and drags his chair across the floor for a while for some reason <laughs> And, uh, you know, he's he's explaining his actually rather well thought out plan of just like if we take all the people in charge and make them like us, then it will be within their own self-interest to protect us. Right. It it does. It tracks. Yeah, it makes sense. Unfortunately, uh, two things. Well, there's there's here. Here's the thing that I think makes complete sense. OK, because I was thinking, why on earth? Uh, is Magneto able to build this machine? Because he, he, I don't believe his skill set is in like radiation based, like this whole machine converts magnetism into uh, gene altering radiation of a very specific kind. Like this doesn't seem like a thing that Magneto nor any of his lackeys would have the knowledge to build. But what does track is that it actually does not work. Right. So I, I I am fine with them being like, yes, he he somehow put this thing together and uh, it doesn't work. So he he tries the machine out on Senator Kelly and uh, and that's that's that we don't at this point. We don't know what the machine does. Or do we? No, we. Right. We do. I, no, it, we I think we Magneto implies what it does to yeah. something. Right. But it's not it's not <clears throat> super. Like we're like, oh, he's gonna turn him into a mutie. Like it, it, it was very like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so you you had to you had to connect some dots yourself, mm. I think. The the movie does a weird thing, where um, they, for most of the movie, up until the point that it's revealed, they're working under the assumption that Magneto is after Wolverine. But there is a scene where they're in the, like, situation room or whatever, talking yeah. about Wolverine, and um, and Professor X says, like, I'm not entirely convinced it's him Magneto is after. And then they go back to just assuming it's Wolverine for the rest of the movie until the big right. reveal that it's not Wolverine. And I never really, I never, I didn't pick up on that the very first time I saw the movie. 
because mm-hmm. I was under the impression it was Wolverine up until the reveal. But well, this I mean, time, that's, it makes the most sense, right? It does, I guess. Kind um, of. <laughs> and this time I watched it and I'm like, why did they throw in that? Why, why, why did they throw in that thing that seems like misdirection, but is actually like we're just telling you what's going on? Because let me let me explain. Please, you you need that in a story. Now that was a little heavy-handed, but th- this is we're we're gonna keep this very brief. This is why I, one of the reasons I cannot fucking stand Frozen. Hmm. It's because they they they're like spoiler alert everybody. Uh, it's just like guess what? This guy that had zero motivation or 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 even like like he was even pretending when nobody else was watching. Kind of dedication to this character is is not a good guy. He's evil, and it's like that. What? That doesn't make any sense. So for them to to have zero clue. Like, you know, you you almost when you're telling a story like that. And again, like this, this was a a bizarrely heavy handed, like, I don't know that it was really him we're looking at. Rogue. <laughs> you know, like that, that it was maybe a little too much. Um, but uh, but to give some hint where where it would just be like, oh, oh, oh that's what they meant earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's called a, um, if I'm, if I'm using this correct, that's called a Chekhov's gun. A Chekhov's gun? Chekhov's gun is a, uh, is a, uh, a concept in storytelling. That's like every, everything, everything that's in the movie should be relevant to the plot. And it's, it's not a good idea to put things in the movie that will not pay off in any way later. I guess that's kind of the opposite of what you're saying, but kind of, but you know, I, I get your when I'm, point. when I'm thinking of like <clears throat> the Chekhov's gun that I'm thinking of is professor X saying like, Oh, I'm not entirely convinced. Like that's a, that's a thing that they've put in there that has to pay off later. It's just right. weird that like for the, for the rest of the movie, all the characters are just like, well, he's even including professor X. Right. At, even after that point, they're all just like, you can't go out there. He's still after Wolverine. You right. Know. Anyway, um, there's an incident in the middle of the night where Wolverine's having a nightmare because Jean Grey apparently unlocked some memories. Rogue can't sleep. So she goes into apparently, I don't know what, with Wolverine. <laughs> I don't want to. She know. was, it, it's a father daughter thing. She was scared. She was in a new new place. She just wanted to cuddle. It's fine. She likes to wear loose fitting clothes that don't cover her entire body. And uh, <laughs> it is again, you know, that you know, we needed '90s rogues like skin tight body sock for protection. So Wolverine wakes up and stabs her. Uh, she takes his power a little bit and heals herself. Um, and then uh, that's the end of the scene again. Yeah, right. Have just just a little setup, set up she, and take down. I, it's it's kind of funny because like a bunch of kids and Storm come in and everything and um, Wolverine's like um, shaking and convulsing and right. Rogue just goes, it was an accident. And then just like casually walks out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or at least right. that's what it looks like. Well, just yeah. Like, whoops, no, and... whoops, a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure with uh, with mutants that happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, 
but yeah, I, I it it's it is a a bizarre sequence, and and I feel like like it's the kind of thing that instantly should have marked like Wolverine can never stay here. Yeah, right. <laughs> like this this was one of those things. Like I don't know if you remember. Um, the, there's a, a a very uh, talked about episode of He-Man called "The Problem with Power," where mm-hmm. He-Man accidentally kills a guy because he was being reckless. But it turned out that it was all a plan by Skeletor, and he used a demon that didn't have a heartbeat, you know, as the guy. But it didn't stop the fact that He-Man was being reckless and did or could have killed a guy. But from then I was like, nope, I've been doing exactly what I should all along. Ha ha ha. And it's just like one of those things where it's like, you know, this, you should have reevaluated this whole situation. (laughs) There was an actual lesson here. He stabbed a child three times, technically three claws. (laughs) He just stabbed the child. It doesn't matter that he was having a bad dream. You just sold me on mutant registration. (laughs) Yeah, this movie doesn't do a good job of arguing against it. I mean, when Senator Kelly says to Magneto, like, if if you go through with this, you'll make me right. Well, he's not wrong. Right. Absolutely. He's he's not wrong at all. It's what happened. Um, But yeah, I so keep keep take keep the journey going. Where are we? Where are we headed now? Um, Mystique, disguised as uh, Iceman, says to Rogue that uh, Professor X is really upset and she should leave. So Rogue takes off for the train station and then uh, Mystique. So this this scene was like kind of weird because first you see <coughs> normal Iceman, actual Iceman walk by with a bunch of kids talking about where he can't find Rogue. Then you see Mystique as Iceman come out of the elevator that leads from the basement as if she was just, just coming up from the basement. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then the next scene is her back in the basement. Like, I feel like they edited this out of order. Probably. But, um, so anyway, she's down in the basement where all the really cool looking stuff is and goes over to the Cerebro room. Oh no, I'm sorry. This is not what happens next. We have, <laughs> we have her convince rogue to go to the train station. Then we have the scene where Professor X uses Cerebro to find her at the train station. Right. Uh, and he explains that, like, Magneto helped him build this thing. And uh, it turns out also Beast helped him build this thing and, like, the U.S. government. Uh, if you watched, if you remember First Class. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> anyway. It's a whole thing. Yeah, so they, they there's, there's some stuff about how it would be very dangerous for Jean Grey to use it. Um, and that's a Chekhov's gun and, uh, <clears throat> they find her and they're, you know, he sends, um, Storm and Cyclops to go because they're the only people who can do things in this movie. Right. Uh, but then somehow Wolverine gets to the garage first and steals and a motorcycle. Makes with, him a convertible. With, <laughs> <laughs> with a turbo booster and he takes off. Right. And then, uh, um, then Mystique goes in. And it puts like a juice box in the circuitry because right. this is like a some sort of a like liquid based system. Sure. Or sure why not? Anyway, so it turns it turns green, which is bad. Green is bad. 
uh, Wolverine goes to the train station. He finds Rogue. He's talking about, uh, you know, he tries to convince her to stay. You know, he says there's not a lot of people who care about us, but this professor guy seems like he does or whatever. Um, Cyclops and Storm are walking around the train station now. They they finally arrived. They're looking for for them, and then uh, Sabretooth shows up and grabs Storm and tells her, "What does he tell her, Pat?" I can't remember. Scream for me. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot. Yeah. In fact, I did. And then uh, <laughs> Toad like licks Cyclops's visor well, off. First, first Toad, uh, highly unrealistically, uh, wire work wise, crawls up the side of a of a wall. Yeah. Um. In in a in spectacular fashion. It's just there. There is no realistic movement whatsoever. Um. Nope. Just like. Eh, I, so I, he's like shimmying up a wall, basically. Right. He he is frantically waving his arms and legs while clearly being lifted up a wall via some strings. Um, and then he gets to the top and he goes and, and tongues off uh, Cyclops's glasses. And Cyclops was just like, "Damn it! I was looking at the time." <laughs> oh, it was one of those times I had my eyes open. So he blows the uh, blows the roof off. He, he blows his top, but a bump. <laughs> and uh, and it, again, the the optic blast once, once was again another not the best CGI. No, movie. this movie it's the worst. This movie it gets better, but this movie is it definitely does. the worst. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that happens. And then Storm uh, calls down some lightning, which comes down in between them. Her and Sabretooth makes a ninety degree turn. And, it, and hits Sabretooth and sends him flying across the room through a wall. And then Toad that, jumps that, in and goes, quit screwing around. I uh, I will say, though, that that tracks. That tracks with with the, the way that Storm's powers have always worked. She uses wind to fly. Like, that's just, it's not... <laughs> unless she can do precise, ridiculous control where she can tell a lightning bolt to come here, but then turn there and buzz off that guy's mustache. If she wanted to, it, you either buy it or you don't. Mm. She either has absolute control of all weather or it doesn't work. So um, we, uh, we skipped over a spot of the movie that I can, I, I, completely I believe missed. you. Um, <clears throat> going back just a little bit. Senator Kelly is in Magneto's oh, yeah. lair. And now he's like a floppy guy and he can squeeze through the bars and get out and uh, um, seemingly falls to his death after Magneto is just like, where would you go? Who would take you in? Um, seemingly like, falls oh, to his yeah, death. Uh, and then he's upset at Sabretooth and locks right. him in a cage. Then uh, Senator Kelly shows up on a beach when we get our yep. first Stan Lee cameo of this yep. franchise. And uh, was it we just like spilled mustard all over his hot dog or something? Yeah, it's like everyone on the beach has to stand perfectly still and stare at the senator while well, and the again, TV like, is still explaining how the end of the movie is going to go. <laughs> everyone's favorite show is plot exposition. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight on plot exposition. 
exposition. Uh, exposition. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like I was, I'm still terribly unclear as to what mutant ability Senator Kelly had, because it, when he came out of the water, he he kind of had like gill things going on. Yeah, it's extremely. Uh, and he was explained. just all mushy and and then like and, and then at one point he was just a cgi blobby thing he like I, I wonder if the fact that they were poking a, the kid was poking a jellyfish i wonder if that was supposed to imply that like senator kelly has like jellyfish like abilities that he's jelly like or something i, but I don't it's, know i can't it, it, I, th- I think it's basically just like his body is just breaking down. Right, right. Um, yeah, so... I, so never, he... I never got a good explanation for that. But he... So he he shows up at the X-Mansion, because everything's got X in the name. It's right. X-Mansion. Right. right at the moment when Wolverine's just like, um, we're going we're gonna to find Magneto the old-fashioned way. Look. <laughs> and then... You think the movie's about to go one way, but then Wolverine opens the door, and now Senator Kelly's there, and it's like, oh, okay, we're not going to look, because now we got to help this guy. All right, guy, come here. <laughs> so Professor X is just like, um, hey, remember how you were talking about those dangerous mutants who can read people's minds? Well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> You're never going to guess who I am. <laughs> so Professor X reads his mind without asking permission. Um reads his mind and finds out that uh, Magneto did the thing and that he was weakened by the machine. Um, and yeah, then they like leave. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Storm stays with the guy. They have a brief conversation about how Storm is scared of people who want to hurt her, which makes sense. And Senator <laughs> Kelly's like, well, tracks. yeah, <laughs> Senator Kelly's like, oh, well, you don't have to worry about me anymore. Yeah. You, you got one less to worry about. Then he turns into a... <laughs> he literally makes that noise. And dies. He does. He does. A- apparently dies. Apparently dies. Later, Magneto's like, are you sure you saw what you saw? Which, and, at the time... And then after, after a long period of time, we were like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure we are sure. <laughs> yeah, we're very sure. That's, that's You just exactly wait, guys. Mean. You just wait. Dark Phoenix. <laughs> oh, God. Dark Phoenix. He's gonna he's gonna just appear and be he's like gonna, I he's gonna I rise had up. time travel powers. He, he's gonna rise up and just splash water on her. <laughs> Problem solved, you guys. I put the Phoenix I'm, out. I'm Senator Kelly and I support <laughs> this message. You know, I'd go see that movie. Uh so this, anyway. This our cameo has been provided by the people for Senator Kelly's return. Super pack. So anyway, yeah, so he does. And yeah, then, totally. For sure. then then we come back into Bobby talking to Rogue or Mystique as, as Bobby Drake talking to Rogue. Okay, so fast forward again. We're at the train station. Uh, Cyclops and Storm are basically like worthless now. And they've got um, Cyclops. They have Cyclops' visor. Right. Magneto rips the train in half. Uh mm-hmm. Does some like cool do. stuff manipulating Wolverine, like spreading his claws out and stuff, and then throwing him out the back of the train. Um, magnetically throws a dart at Rogue to knock her out. And then um, Magneto and Toad and Sabretooth 
do a thing that I, for the first time, found comical. I never picked up on this, but they put Rogue in a body bag, supposedly, I would assume, to hide the fact that that they are kidnapping a person. But then they walk out the front door of the place they just trashed with the person in the body bag. And there's like (laughs) eight cop cars out there with a whole bunch of police and everything. And like, why did they put her in a bag? Was it just that they didn't have to have Anna Paquin in the scene or something? Yeah, because honestly, I'm sure that's exactly what it was because they were literally just going to have to toss her about. (laughs) Tyler Maine didn't want to actually have to carry a human. The entire I mean, they time they could have had like a dummy or something. Uh, it's just it's just a weird thing to do because they just walk out the front door. Super, right. Anyway. So yeah, then we have um, what I think it was one of the coolest and tensest scenes where Magneto is like lifting. You know, they say, put your hands up. And he does and lifts some cars up and drops them and right. steals all their guns and turns them back. And then Professor X, of course is in a car starts nearby. taking over people's minds starts taking over people's talk. minds oh professor x why are you such a douche he's totally in all lives matter yep a hundred percent and he... i think he means it <laughs> <laughs> so he's got uh like Starting to think he's not confused at all <laughs> for to his credit he could have just killed magneto right there and he doesn't you know why all lives matter. <laughs> but he, he takes over um, Sabretooth to have him choke Magneto. Uh, he has Toad start walking away with Rogue, because apparently, I guess Toad has Rogue now? I thought, sure. I swear Sabretooth had her when they walked out, but I don't know. Um, Magneto fires a, the gun at one of the police and stops the bullet, like, right on his forehead. And the guy, like doesn't move out of the way at this point or anything. He just lets no, it like and, and drill into again, a little. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense the way it happens, because again, if Magneto had just had stopped the bullet, it's not like he has bullet slowing powers. Right. He's pressing a bullet up against this guy's head. Exactly. Like it, 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 it he would literally, and maybe he could, but he would have to, shove that bullet through that man's skull for it to have harmed him. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, like it, the bullet is probably about the size of a finger, you know? Well, and so imagine a metal finger just pushing on your head. Just consider <laughs> that um, this is the same Magneto who uh, a few decades earlier casually and slowly pushed a coin through Kevin Bacon's head True. like a knife through warm butter. True. Because people's heads are quite actually quite soft, it turns out. Well, you know, after a certain point. But, you know, yeah, you know I, I get that. I get that. I'm with you. I'm just, yeah. you know. So Professor uh, X lets him go. Mystique shows up with the presidential helicopter again, <laughs> which is <laughs> stupid because she could just turn into a helicopter. I don't know why she's flying around. Absolutely. Little do we understand, she actually was the helicopter. The, yeah, she generated that whole helicopter and and then generated a toe. version of herself inside of it. Uh, so anyway, so they got Rogue. Now Professor X goes to try and find Rogue with Cerebro, gets zapped by the juice box. Uh, now he's uh, in a coma also, and his chest is ridiculously hairy. 
and he's it's just too much it's too much they shaved his head for this movie and then the, i don't it's too much oh i love it it's, it was just ridiculously hairy <laughs> how dare they it's too have much. so much hair on why that is, chest why is he so bald anyway uh Jean Grey uses, she fixes, she pulls the juice box out, she fixes the thing. She uses Cerebro to find <clears throat> where they're at. They're going to the Statue of Liberty. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> do, do. <clears throat> um, they figure out what's going on with the machine and everything. And so now it's time to suit up. So first, they're going to go down to the table that makes 3D things. Um, right. Which right. I thought was super cool at the time. Still a very, <clears throat> I would love to have that table in my home. Yep. <clears throat> so uh, let's see. So they, they, they know they're going to go do the big fight because the TV has been telling them about the big fight like this whole time. <laughs> um, they put on their suits. They all got suits now. And, um, and then a cutscene reveals Wolverine's suit is actually uh cyclops's old suit which is super weird which i'm glad they cut out of the movie right i'm happy that it was out there but since it's up here i had to share it with you uh yeah i i i can only imagine he told him that because he never wears underwear in his suits (laughs) (laughs) all right so now we now we get to my absolute favorite part okay Uh uh-huh and that is um, special effects that I believe look different than the way they were intended to look. <laughs> <laughs> because the Brotherhood of Mutants is now attacking the guards on Ellis Island. And first, uh, Sabretooth, like, pokes a guy in the back and, and kills him, I guess. It looks like he pokes him in the back, lifts him up, and then drops him. Um, I assume he was supposed to have stabbed him. Uh, it it's like... hard to say because I'll tell you what his uh, his action figure. I don't know if you remember this, oh. but his his action figure uh, came with a police officer. <laughs> and then when you poked a disc on his back, uh, like lost all it it it's like you know those uh, those little wooden dolls that have like his... the base. <clears throat> yeah, his legs. Like stop his his, his, his limbs so like were his head arms, together by like, strings and yeah. head just went. Bleh. So apparently, and you have to like wind him back up so he could stand. So <laughs> that that whole toy line. We at the end of this, we're gonna give a few minutes to the toy line because man, fucking great. <laughs> so Toad. Okay, so we we have established that Sabretooth has the ability to poke someone in the back and have their body turn into jelly. Right. 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 Toad is apparently leaping from person to person and literally just flattening them into the ground. Yeah, he's he's Mario. <laughs> he's the Mario. So does he also have the ability to turn people into puddles of jelly? Is that like the thing? Does the, here's yeah, the thing. I think so. They all got zapped by the machine. Does the machine it turns humans into jelly and it ter- gives mutants the power to turn people into jelly? It's quite good on toast. Okay, good. All right, so we're on the same page. <clears throat> they uh, they come on in with the boat. They got the fake bottom of the torch. Uh, they raise it up. Um, I, I enjoyed Magneto's line where he's just like, he literally is like, 
I'll raise it up. As if, who else was going to get it up there? <laughs> Sabretooth is doing some stretches. <laughs> uh, oh, this is a terrible job. I have no lines. Uh, Except yeah, for that one. He has about Scream. the same number of lines as Cyclops, which is amazing. Scream for me. Or, uh, or Storm, who also has, like, she has, she, every time she talks, she has like a, she puts on that fake African accent, but uh-huh. I didn't notice it as much because she has far fewer lines than I remembered. <laughs> she, <clears throat> she, I don't know. I, I've longstanding feud between me and Halle Berry and it's, it, she does not reciprocate, <laughs> but I, uh, I just, I, I've never been a big fan of her acting abilities. Disney needs to make a storm movie. That's what I, I feel they need Tilt. to do. And I, it could be a crossover with black Panther, but from what I understand, the, uh, <laughs> the girl who's playing storm right now was asked about this. Uh, and she was very upset by the notion. How dare you insinuate that she needs a man? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, whatever. Whatever you want to do, like I, I would, I would just like to see a movie of um, Storm doing things on her own, personally. As long as it's nobody that's played her so far, I'm down. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> her relationship to Black Panther in the comics, aside from being married for a while, was like they were actually occasionally knew each other as children. And uh, that not not a huge fan of that retcon for like the sake of like characters who shouldn't you know only the main characters always knew each other kind of thing uh-huh. but um like i like the idea like they basically like would take turns saving each other from things uh, <laughs> i think that could be a cool movie anyway uh what are we doing so they're up in the thing um <clears throat> uh magneto's like stay frosty we're not alone <laughs> stay frosty people stay suddenly frosty. i'm a cool guy <clears throat> anyway, so the X-Men, they fly in with their jet, the X-Jet, not the Blackbird, the X-Jet, and uh, uh, they they come on into the gift shop center or something, I don't know. <laughs> Mystique is the Statue of Liberty in there. Um, Wolverine's like, we're not alone, I'm smelling somebody again, and he leaves. And then immediately comes back in again from the other side of the room, which no one seems to think is weird. <laughs> Mutants. <laughs> da, 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 da. So <laughs> then, then real Wolverine attacks fake Wolverine. And then we get some, again, very bad wireframe work, wireframe, wire work right. um, with Mystique flipping around. And at one point she just like walks backwards up a pipe with that with just her hands that doesn't make any sense um well i mean the fight is pretty good and um i like the part where he he does cut off her claws and like wolverine like hugh jackman and rebecca romaine both scream right yeah so i thought that was pretty cool so anyway wolverine gets his ass kicked which is actually kind of a theme of these movies he's not actually a great fighter well, and, and, you know, Wolverine himself is not a great fighter. He's an expert killer. <laughs> <laughs> he is not a very good fighter. Uh, he can just, uh, you know, he, he can stand up the longest. He keeps getting back up. And that's true. He does. That's so meanwhile, all. while that's going on, uh, Storm and Toad are fighting and 
<clears throat> Toad, like, kicks her down an elevator shaft and then does a Darth Maul move. Right, right. This is like, hey, guys, in case you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in that other popular movie that just came out on DVD. Uh, Everyone loved it. And Everyone. also, also, Toad spit some stuff on Jean Grey's face and she can't. Yes, yes. Making for we'll we'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, for one of yeah, the greatest yes. action figure accessories. So Cyclops comes and blasts it off her face so she right. could breathe. Now Sabretooth is not here for this battle because he's hanging out in the uh, flame portion of the Statue of Liberty, I think is where they are. Um, seem, or no, they're in the... Uh, they're in like... They're on the head of the Statue of Liberty in like the observation area. And the machine is up in the flame, in the torch. But Sabretooth is there because Magneto is going to be weakened and he needs someone to protect him while the the power transfer is going on. So the X-Men make their way up. And as soon as they get up in there, Magneto's like, I'm going to stick all you guys to the wall and go about with my plan. And they once again take Cyclops's visor. He's he's lost a lot of these throughout this movie. <laughs> I um, swear it, I'm not giving you any more. Magneto starts the uh, machine going, I believe, or he's he's on his way up to do the thing. Uh-huh. Uh, Wolverine stabs himself in the chest to somehow knock himself off the wall. Um, heals up and fights Sabretooth in what was an amazing scene back in the day. Uh, right. Now it just looked like I don't understand how they're flying around this thing the way they are, but uh, you know the, the physics the, didn't quite. The, the notion of I was thrown near one of the the protruding spires of the the, thr- the crown, uh, the crown, and I cut it off while bringing me back around. <laughs> like first of all, again, mutants. Damn mutants ruined the Statue of Liberty. We let them near it for five minutes, and they cut off one of the bits of the crown. Well, they also blew off the entire top of the torch at one point. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. But, it, but wasn't that fake? No, I think that part was real. Oh. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. It looked, I thought they were like, because you never see the whole thing, so may, I, I can't say for sure, but I always thought that they were like inserting the machine up into the torch but it could have been a fake torch i don't know what happened to the real torch then eh, maybe they just put it back on right uh so, but in any case yeah, yeah none of that none of that makes a lot of sense um, big fight, the fight um, was not anywhere near cool enough uh, um and and the entire wolverine saber tooth uh should have been the coolest part about the whole movie it's very uh, short. Just it, it, it sucked. It was, yeah, it was a it, terrible, terrible waste of two classic characters. Yep. Uh, Wolverine, one that would not be rivaled until the uh, the appearance of Iron Man three. Yeah. Hate that. Yeah. Um, Wolverine <laughs> gets Cyclops's visor back, brings it back down into the room where they're all tied up. Uh, Jean Grey floats it over to Cyclops. Has him open his eyes. The blast shoots Sabretooth out into the uh, river or whatever. And murders him, as far as we can tell. Yep. 
pro, pro, could be. I don't know. Hey, speaking of murders, never, he is never you know heard from again. Do you know what scene I very specifically put out of my mind so that I would not have to talk about it that we skipped over? <laughs> What's that? The part where Storm kills Toad. <laughs> yes. I, yes, I completely yes. skipped over it. Pat, uh, would you like to tell us what happens when Storm comes back <laughs> up out of the elevator shaft? Uh, well, Storm uh, then poses a question, uh, and the question is is an intriguing one, uh, and mm-hmm. it is that: do you, know, do you know what happens to a toad when it is struck by lightning? And uh, and while the audience is left to ponder that for a moment, it is it is then taken away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Same thing that happens to everything else. And I assume that is that it gets struck by lightning. <laughs> uh, lightning courses through it. Um, because yeah. then to- at this point, Toad is is hanging on to a rail with his tongue, which might have killed him anyway, <laughs> given enough time. The the germs of him putting yeah. his, his tongue on a public rail at the Statue of Liberty probably was going to do him in anyway. His, his days then, were numbered. His, his fate was sealed. The, yeah. It was only a Storm, matter of time. Storm just gave him a mercy killing and strikes him with lightning, and he, too, is never heard from again. Yep. A flies off into the water because right. lightning makes you go flying up into the air. And I, you know, I've never been a hundred percent clear on it, but it almost seemed like his tongue got burned off. Well, it could be. I'd have to go like back it, and it was. It was like a <laughs> like there was an energy that seemed to almost be like, "Yep, that is that tongue's not attached to his mouth anymore." But <laughs> it could have been just bad. CG. The lightning does strike the tongue, right? Yeah, that's where it hits. So anyway. So, Jumping back, jumping forward again, um, we do have the part where they tell Magneto that uh, the senator died, and he's like, are you sure you saw what you saw? And Wolverine at one point tells him he's full of shit because he's so, so he's like, you're, you're, you talk so self-righteous, but if you were really, it'd be you up there. Yeah. Right. And Magneto's like, you know, kind of gives him a look and then leaves. And this this was the part where I feel like I am not entirely sure because magneto as a character in these movies does sacrifice other mutants to further his cause and i feel like that's not something magneto would actually do and he i know he says to rogue like you know your sacrifice is going to benefit all of us and i know that's small comfort and everything and but i i feel like actual magneto would have found a way to do this either himself or found some other way to do this where he wasn't sacrificing another mutant to right. do it the, because the fact that it was a mutant yeah um definitely made it weirder like you know it's not not in character for magneto to that's, allow harm to come to any mutant yeah and it's that's the thing where you you see like it's almost like they threw that in so they could be like okay you may have had your doubts but he's definitely the bad guy Right. Yeah. And I, again, I feel like they do almost have to do that in a movie setting because they don't want you to walk out of the movie thinking, oh, you know, maybe he wasn't such a bad, you know, they, they want you to just be like, yep, good guys won, bad guys lost. Hooray. Yeah. But nowadays, you know, hashtag Magneto was right. That's where I'm at. 
There you go. There you go. Anyway. Um, so the they turn on the machine. Rogue's got the powers. Um, Magneto is weakened. Um, it's at this point that they defeat Sabretooth because Magneto's just like, oh, shit. I've, it's just me and I can't do anything. Except he's protected by the fact that he's up there and the X-Men are down in the crown. And how are they going to get up there? They're going to blow Wolverine up there with some wind. Right. And they do. And Wolverine manages to land on top of the big spinning machine with the help of Jean Grey, uh, keeping him from flying away. Which again, why couldn't Jean just lift him? Jean's I think, powers... I think they talk about it. I think they, they're like, I don't think I could do that. But Shh. if if we could have Storm blow him up there i could make sure he gets up there there she she says like, something like, about why don't i like, just shoot him in the face up there <laughs> why don't i just shoot him in the face and you send me up there dick <laughs> you're a dick all right okay um uh we did also skip over the part where wolverine stabs mystique he stabs her right we think she you know you're not part of the group um whatever um so they i think they i think jean gray says something like um if she tries it she's basically just gonna like lift him and throw him so he's likely just gonna overshoot um is, is kind of the way she explained it but um anyway regardless he gets up there he goes to uh break the machine with his claws but magneto apparently still has got some power left so he's now got he, just enough. Yeah. So he's back. He, this is the part, Pat. I don't know if you picked up on this, but this was a hundred percent a reference. He makes, um, Jubilee powers. He turns Wolverine's claws into, into fireworks. Uh, so that Wolverine's got like pink and blue sparks shooting off his fireworks and on off his claws and everything. And, um, it's a hundred percent a Jubilee reference. I'm convinced. Oh, okay. I, I never, I never picked up on that, but I, clearly see it now so then cyclops is going uh i'm gonna shoot and gene gray's going don't shoot he's going i'm gonna shoot she's like don't shoot then finally he goes i got a shot i'm taking it and he shoots and he hits magneto who stops and then wolverine can destroy the machine and the whole thing goes flying and the uh radiation bubble dissipates and gene gray's just like holy shit right and, uh, now, now I always, I was told, I, I took that as, uh, you know, cause they, they were, I, I really feel like this movie didn't do a very good job of it, but they were trying so hard to make it a love triangle. Yeah. And that's the you thing. Know? That's part of the problem with Wolverine's character because the love triangle aspect in the comics with, um, and even in the cartoon with uh -huh. Wolverine and Gene, like it took a while to develop. Right. This movie, it's just like. The moment Wolverine sees her, he's in love, and he's like, I have no bound. I do not respect boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is very true. This was, uh, you know, before the Me Too movement. Wolverine, I'm sure, is much more woke now. Most likely. But, uh, by yeah. The, it, by uh, the end of the movie, he and Gene seem to be like, you know, I understand. We're friends. We're cool. It's fine. That doesn't hold up for long based on this franchise, but right. Yeah. They were definitely trying to set up a love triangle where, and it just, it just wasn't, 
it didn't, didn't jive. No, you know, there there was never a moment where I was like, yeah, they. There was never a Gene. No, but <laughs> we we did get a scene of Cyclops yelling Gene quite yes. a bit down a hallway, yes. which was definitely a throwback to the cartoon. But yeah, now this the the quote unquote love triangle was basically like Cyclops and Gene have a regular normal relationship, and Wolverine is being a creeper. <laughs> that's that's the that's the love triangle. I don't know if they intended it to come across that way. Or if they intended it to be like Gene actually kind of is falling for this guy, but she doesn't. She seems to be curious of him, like as a specimen, you know, because she tries to read his mind and stuff. But yeah, in terms well, of like I, a love triangle, that I, I don't think they achieved it. I do. I agree that they did not achieve it, but I do feel like they forced Gene to be like maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there was there was just a, a hint of. Of like, yeah, she's kind of into him. I'm pretty sure she'd hit that. So, I mean, you know, maybe if she wasn't in a committed relationship with Cyclops. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Scott Summers, he has always just been a toolbox. I mean, let let Wolverine have Gene and let Scott have uh, Emma Frost and we're good. Sure, sure. I always liked that, uh, that Emma Frost... You know who I hated? Uh, the the movie franchise's version of Emma Frost. Well, stupid January Jones. Yeah, they did not. They did not do Emma any 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 justice. No. Anyway, so uh, Wolverine destroys the machine. Magneto's knocked out. Rogue's got a white streak in her hair now, but she's seemingly dead. Right. And Wolverine uh, again. Let me let me just say what a terrible effect giving her the white streak in her hair was. Yeah, it just shows up. It's not like a, even a gradual thing. It's just like... No, it's just like... Bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> um, so Wolverine is... He's, he takes his glove off. He's trying to um, give her his healing power, and it's not working, but then suddenly it is. And he, like, apparently gives her so much healing power that, like, all of his recent wounds open back up again. Which, which doesn't I, make a lick of sense. That doesn't make sense at all, because <laughs> that would imply that, like, Rogue would just die again. Once, <laughs> right, right. As soon as you know, it wears off. As soon as it wears off, she'd just die like, again. Oh, yeah. or, like, her stab wounds from earlier would would open back <laughs> up as soon as it wore off. Like, it just, that doesn't make right. any sense at all. It was a very cool visual, though, yes. like we said. Uh, but the like the notion that the healing factor stopping working would mean it's going to negatively impact him. It's like, well, yeah, like, not, well like whoa, if whoa, anything, sir, he'd get like sir. some sort of metal poisoning from all the adamantium right. in his body or something. No, it is just like, sir, sir, we have just been uh, been issued that your <laughs> your healing factor has been declined. <laughs> And so we are going to have to take this back. We're going to we're going to repossess these. Uh... Right, right. They are cutting up his healing factor card. And he's just like, no. Shouldn't he also become like an old man, like instantly? Like, I don't, you know, at that point, I don't think uh, it was clear that he was an old man. Well, they said uh, that they said it was impossible to determine his age. And right. it was possible he was older than Professor X. Anyway. So now we're now we're at the uh, cool down phase of the movie. Um, Magneto is apparently arrested somehow. Um, plastic, 
Professor X randomly wakes up. And uh, then they're watching TV again, which is explaining the aftermath of the end of the movie, because that's how the TV works. And we find out that Mystique is now Senator Kelly, a thing that actually matters again later. Yes, that is true. Which is nice. Um, Which is nice. Yeah. Get that going for us. Get that going for us. So um, then Professor X is once again reading Logan's mind and tells him, like, there's a base in Alkali Lake, which... One of the things that's nice about these first three movies is that the end of each movie does actually set up the next movie in a small way, which right. I like. So, like, this one ends with him telling him about Alkali Lake. Alkali Lake is where um, a lot of the next movie takes place. And the next movie has the the tease of the Phoenix. And then the third movie we don't talk about. <laughs> <clears throat> so... Um, Professor X goes to Magneto's plastic prison, which is a very cool idea and a thing that they uh, don't like. Um, later on, when people have to deal with Magneto, apparently they forget that they have a plastic prison <laughs> um, and that they were apparently able to build plastic prisons rather quickly because, <laughs> you know, anyway, it wasn't just laying around. Yeah. So this thing is in like a massive room where it is hovering, um, this the cell is like hovering so that it is far enough away from anything metal, because I guess he's got a good, uh, he's got not not a huge range. Maybe it's because he's getting older. Probably. So they're playing chess. Can't get it up. Yeah, they're playing chess. They're talking about stuff, and Professor X says something, and I was never super clear on this line. So Magneto asks him, like, does it ever wake you up? in the middle of the night that they're going to pass this law or something like it. And they'll come for you. And he's, and professor X says it, it does, it, it does wake me up. And he says, well, what do you do when it, when it wakes you up? And he says, I, I, he says something like, I pity the person that comes to I that pity school the fool. <laughs> who comes to that school <laughs> looking for trouble. And I thought when I was, a, when I was watching this the first time, I guess I kind of assumed he, he meant like, you know, if someone comes here looking for trouble, um, you know, they're they're going to find that I, I, I don't even I don't even know. But I what I interpret it as now is he's basically like, let them come. We'll kill them. Right. That That's how I always took it, Brian. OK, I, I, you know, it I was, always because in the past, I always viewed Professor X as like a hopeful character. I guess. And so I thought it well, was he is, I, he's hopeful that one day he's going to get to whoop some ass. I, I always took it as like, I don't quite understand what you're saying, but it, it feels like you're saying like, oh, if if some poor soul comes to the, the school, we'll take pity on them, you know, and then we'll help them <laughs> out or whatever. But I'm. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's how you t- I pity the fool. Wait, he says, well, that's literally what he says. I, I pity the person who comes to that school looking for trouble, but it, it's clearly a, it's clearly a threat. Right. He, yeah. he is basically saying that I, he's, and again, he's saying, I don't care if they pass any laws against me because if they make me an outlaw, then I'm just going <laughs> to like, I'm, I'm going to lean surprised. into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised Magneto's just like, huh, maybe we should be on the same team because I feel like we're we have the same idea here. The the point here I I believe is is that Professor X will do everything he can to be on the side of good. You know, to to stop the laws from being made, to 
you know, make sure that that the world can live in harmony. But he's also not an idiot. If they're going to come for him, fuck them. We've got a Hulk. (laughs) I mean, a Colossus. the, the, The thing is, Pat, Professor X could literally change the minds of lawmakers. Yeah, but he he won't, because that would be immoral. Uh huh. But not looking into your mind for other things or making you freeze and be late for a meeting. What if what if so he just froze, job, He freezes Congress while they're trying to vote. He he probably does. <laughs> I mean, that's just a daily occurrence for him. He <laughs> no probably one notices because they don't watch C-SPAN. Right. See, <laughs> it's actually always happening. Don't you wonder why nothing ever gets done? <laughs> Professor X is just freezing all of Congress all the time. So anyway, that's the movie. Um, yeah. So, Pat, I think we've already given our thoughts about the movie and our recommendation of it. But yeah. um, before we go, let's let's talk about that toy line for a few minutes. Yes. This toy line was one of... Well, it was, interestingly enough, um, it was in part responsible for Marvel Legends. Yeah, because before this, the X-Men toys were those like, how how tall were they? Like four-ish inches? Like those Four Playmates to five figures inch, that had like... Yeah, what, they, they like were a little taller than three and five, three-quarter inch. Five points of articulation. Know. One, right. two, three, four, five. Depend, six, depending seven, upon eight, the character. Nine. Sometimes they had knee and elbow. Sometimes they didn't. Um like OG Wolverine had big straight arms, mm-hmm. loved him. His, his, had his claws, claws had to yep. had to pop out. Um, uh, and and again, it's funny because I have no real nostalgia for that line, even though it was probably the first major toy line that I I collected as a kid. Um, like I actively, you know, like He Man and stuff that was given to me. You know, I begged for it, but like when it was, you know, that era. The, the X-Men era was when I, you know, had some allowance money and could cut a lawn and, and be like, please, please, please take me to Toys R Us. I can afford to buy one figure. I have four ninety nine exactly <laughs> in in pennies. <laughs> take me to the toy store. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so they they up until that point, we had uh, that those figures, um, which I, there was a lot of good chasing. I, I that that's where that toy line is what taught me to love the hunt, you know. Uh, like I said earlier, Rogue was was particularly difficult to find. Um, I remember Iceman was hard to come by. And uh, now again, I I don't know about you. Where did you get where did you get most of your toys when you were a kid? Um, toys R Us, uh, Kmart, Venture, yeah, um, KB. See, I. Got the bulk of my toys from the Jewel Osco. Mm. I, I went to the, those other places too, um, but the Jewel Osco. See, I, my my parents were. I was a I was a relatively well behaved child, relatively, uh, and my parents were a sucker for. A, oh, he's being good. He can have a toy, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so, virtually every time I went grocery shopping with my parents i would convince them to go down the toy aisle and i would usually come home with an action figure um and uh, and so being that i was just at a jewel osco 
there were not a ton of choices. Although I will say, uh, compared to today's market, Jewel Osco killed it. <laughs> like mm. you could buy Castle Grayskull at Jewel Osco. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that, that blows my mind by, you know, today's standards. But anyway, I, I remember distinctly they never had Nightcrawler. Never. I always, Nightcrawler was the one figure from that first wave of X-Men figures that I never got. Uh, and and it, it it was because I I also remember my friend we we were more we were the only reason we were friends is because we were the same age and lived two doors down from each other. Pat, you know? let me let me ask you a question. Yeah, is this leading up to a discussion about the X Men movie yeah, toys, or there. is this like a therapy session? It's it's a long path, but we're getting there. Okay. Just hang tight. All right. Um, long story short, a toy biz made the original X-Men toys. They also made the Marvel legend ones. Um, so up until this movie, um, they had the, 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 the greatest thing that ever happened was the, what was it? 32 points of articulation, Spider-Man. Yeah, it sounds about right. 29, 32, somewhere in that, somewhere in that range, around 30 points of articulation, Spider-Man. I remember the cover of toy fair magazine, boasting all of the points of articulation um the figure by the way at this stage of the game is fucking hideous yeah huge knobby joints and <laughs> i mean it was the prototype so. and, and everything but um but anyway so they they had a spider-man line of these like highly detailed highly articulated stuff and they were releasing x-men stuff and the first thing that they did, and they they, they released these X-Men toys, which was a slight precursor to what they were trying to do. They had like this in-between line that was really cool that never, they didn't really get any traction. Where they, I think only one set got released. And you got a Hugh Jackman Wolverine and a really kick-ass uh, Marvel Legend style, but not the articulation. Like it had... More like McFarlane toy articulation. Um, do you remember that figure? I used to carry I, it around with me, like when we were way too yeah. old to carry around action figures. That sounds familiar. But um, like know. he 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 had like uh, all of this like really specific saber tooth damage on him. It was so I wish I stopped. that that is a figure I don't have anymore. I don't know why. Um, like there was a chunk of his arm missing. There was the the four. Like obviously four finger hole saber tooth bits in his forearm. Um, his mask was like ripped just a little. Um, it was really really cool. Um, and they like I think on the back of the box they showed that they had more planned. They had a toad, uh, and the the toad ultimately ended up being in the first wave of Marvel Legends. Um, but again, we're trying to talk about the movie toy line. So the movie toy line <laughs> included some of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in action figures. They attempted a lot. Um, do you remember the angry face action feature? <laughs> On which character? 
it, there was a Wolverine and a Sabretooth. I, I can't remember if it was a two-pack or not. But basically what they did is they made these really terrible-looking rubber faces for the figures. Yeah. And then you would push a button on their back, and it would just – all that would happen is like a piece of pla- – you can't see. I'm, I'm demonstrating with my own face. There, there's a piece of plastic like right behind the rubbery mask that just pushed on the mask and like the 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 back of the box had it detailed like watch as his face goes from neutral to angry it's like no just watch as his face is a weird piece of plastic protruding out of it it was so weird so and like their mouths like had little slits in them so like teeth will just like shove out of their mouths a little bit. The teeth was the most unnerving part. Absolutely. Abs- well, the most unnerving part was inevitably when the face started to rip and you just tore it off and you were just like, bah! Bah! Okay. Uh, that was, that was the most unnerving part. Um, so that, that was, that was one of the, the first action features, which was ridiculous. Um, the most ridiculous accessory goes to Toad because Toad had an entire Jean Grey action figure in a very awkward and inappropriate pose encased in his own juices, awkwardly enough. So you got a you got a Toad figure, which in and of itself was meh because none of these figures were, were fantastic looking. Um and uh, and and then you got this like little blob of two pieces of plastic that like clipped together uh, of green slime. Uh, but not actual s- slime. It was pla- right. It was hard it plastic. Was just, it was hard plastic because back then nobody cared about slime. Um, and when you cracked that open, there was a Jean Grey who. And this was there, there was a big controversy over the Jean Grey and the Storm figures. Because there's their zippers on their outfits were unzipped to like the navel, which never happened in the movie. And the first set of these figures that went out, their their breasts were just hanging out. Like they 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 later in the second like the second wave of them, they painted on like a shirt underneath mm-hmm. to make it more more palpable for the moms trying to buy their kids toys. But like they were like like hardcore, like out there. Uh, and like, like you said, like the, the gene gray that comes in the, the toad pack, literally she's on her knees. She's got her hands up by her face and she's got her mouth open and like, a ah, it's like, you, you know, the designers knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. And so, and, uh, and I, I seem to recall some people that I know uh, in their X Men figure display had her inappropriately displayed. To be fair, it was never the person who owned the figure that did that. <laughs> it was the people who came over to their basement and were like, "Hey, I'm gonna put that right there for you." <laughs> Wolverine looks tense. I'll fix that. It looks like he's got plastic about to protrude out of his face. So I'm looking at um, I'm looking at the movie figures uh-huh. now, and I 
I had forgotten that the Mystique figure uh-huh. came with like a Wolverine skin suit. Yep, it was super weird. And you just jammed her inside of it. <laughs> so I mean, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull them up too so I can see what we're what we're working at here. Oh, Jean didn't come with Toad. She came with Cyclops. I, I didn't realize that. Um um yeah that no, makes you're... sense because he 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 opened the mm -hmm. the face tube for her um so yeah let's 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 do the the rundown here so you had uh magneto who in his toy form uh was actually much buffer mm -hmm. <laughs> and he had the most appropriate and uh and cool action feature he had magnets in him so you could stick him to metal things, and it was great. Um, Gene, uh, this the picture I've got here is PG Gene, the the painted in uh, cleavage. Um, she came with uh, wacky arm waving, waving Senator Kelly. Uh, that was you know. He never looked like this in the movie quite. Well, I don't know about never, but it's certainly not his signature look. Um, then you had Hugh Jackman as Logan. You know, they they all they had their uh, you know James Marston as Cyclops. It's it's really weird that uh, they put the actors' names on the boxes. Yeah, very very bizarre. Ray Park is Toad. And, and then there were two packs like there's a Hugh Jackman Wolverine without his jacket on and a rogue that didn't come with a, a cloth uh, trench coat. Um, and then oh, and then there's Sabretooth there with his uh, his little cop uh, cop buddy, which, again, that one that one had a very appropriate uh, movie tie-in playability. <laughs> you just Sabretooth, all he had to do was hit him in the back and he went blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so um, and then they did, uh, you know, this wherever I'm wherever I'm looking at them uh, doesn't show Professor X, but yeah oh yeah, that uh, Mystique so, because they went so far out of their way to give her that uh, that hip pop mm -hmm. <laughs> that even jamming her inside of her bizarre Wolverine suit still didn't look right because Wolverine was doing a weird hip hop thing. Uh, oh yeah. She's, she's being a sexy Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sexy Wolverine. <laughs> uh, I see. I see Jean uh, put her hair up in between uh, PG 13 and R rated versions. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that's that's weird because Storm, nothing changed. <laughs> they just painted her uh, her chesticles. Um, and again, she was she, she was done in a very like she got a hand on her hip. And like it wasn't an action pose. It was like a model pose. <laughs> like there there in no way did I think anything cool was going to happen uh, with that figure. And she just came with like a light up base. I was like, yeah, get him. Then <laughs> uh, Professor X, you could get him in a in a clear plastic wheelchair or a not clear plastic wheelchair. Uh, but still plastic, all of it plastic. 
there was a Statue of Liberty head playset. Not to scale. <laughs> um, Hugh Jackman in his denim coat. <laughs> I don't even remember. Well, did he have a he had a denim coat on underneath his leather coat, right? Yeah, I think he did. So yeah, there, so there, there's that. Um, so all in all, I, I gotta say, it is an awful toy line. Just, mm-hmm. just truly horrific. Um, oh, and then <laughs> I love, I love promo shots. Oh man, so good. So like they, they show this is this is how they sold the line. They show pictures of like the the gene covered in toad slime was was never supposed to be like a piece that came apart like she was just covered in toad slime and they're probably like it just looks like green semen guys so we should probably just give it you know hide our shame in some way (laughs) um but yeah these are truly truly a terrible toy line that i don't think anyone will ever have nostalgia for it's it's hard to say the weird weird thing is so the way i remember it and i might be misremembering but like the first movie line was terrible the Uh, second movie line was actually pretty good and then the third movie line was part of the initial wave of marvel legends when it switched to hasbro which were not very good that's true they were they were awful um let me see if i can find they were more poseable but they weren't uh like the just the sculpts were okay but just like the hand field it was that early hasbro like they just didn't feel good yeah they were the 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 sculpts were bad the why don't why don't we save discussion of the uh next toy lines for the next absolutely yeah and uh we'll call it a day here because we're going a little long we talked longer than the movie now so don't we always like to do (laughs) uh thanks for listening everybody uh jibcast.com uh, facebook.com slash structure gibberish twitter at structure jib all the different podcast players and we'll see you next time for x2 x-men united x-men boogaloo <laughs>